welcome to the Constructor Cast, your place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I am your host, Leah Pokonis. As contractors draw up their plans for 2020, a fog of uncertainty clouds the economic scene. With me today are two clear-eyed, far-seeing economists to light the path for the design, construction, and supply industries. Kermit Baker has been the chief economist for the American Institute of Architects for the past 24 years. Kermit is also a senior research fellow at the Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies. Ken Simonson has been the chief economist for AGC of America since 2001. He is a fellow and past president of the National Association for Business Economics. Welcome to you both. Thanks so much for being here with us today. Ken, Kermit, we've got a lot to talk about. And Ken, let's start off with you. Where do you think the economy is headed? And what does all this suggest for construction? Good to be with you, Leah. It's certainly a tricky time right now. The U.S. economy is unquestionably slowing down from how it was performing as recently as early this year. We got figures at the end of October on uh, what's called uh, real GDP, that's inflation-adjusted gross domestic product, growth of all goods and services produced in the country, net of imports. And that came in at a growth rate of 1.9% in the third quarter, 2% in the second quarter, down from 3% in the first quarter. So as I say, the U.S. economy is slowing, and yet construction still seems to be going full tilt. AGC does a survey every summer of contractors' hiring situation and plans. And that showed that 91% of the companies said that they expect to uh, employ workers either at the same level or actually uh, nearly three quarters of them said that they expect to expand their workforce over the next year. So I do think that contractors remain not just busy now, but optimistic about the year to come. Kermit, do you agree? I know that you produce the monthly architecture billings index. Can you tell us what is that measure and what does it suggest currently about the outlook for building construction? Let me back up just one second and sort of uh, tag on to the uh, um, the outlook that, that Ken was providing. Uh, the economy is slowing down. Uh, construction uh, continues to be strong. I think a, a difference with this cycle from some from prior ones, though, is that the construction industry has had a, a fairly slow recovery over the last uh, uh, eight or nine years. And, and the good news now is that that means that we don't have a lot of excess uh, uh, building inventory out there. Um, vacancy rates uh, throughout the, the commercial sector are below their 20-year averages. So, you know, I think we continue to, can continue to, build more uh, buildings and need more buildings as as long as the economy continues to grow. And it it is continuing to grow even at a slower pace. Our architecture buildings index uh, suggests that we we may see a slower growth in construction activity next year. Uh, For for the listeners that aren't familiar with this, uh, we have surveyed uh, architecture firms across the country for uh, the last uh, 20 to 25 years, asking them about design activity at their firm. And, and, and we uh, produce this uh, uh, monthly as a, as a diffusion index. Um, so it's centered around 50, and, and any score above 50 suggests that there's more design activity going on. 
uh, and any score below 50 suggests that we're seeing a decline in, in, in design activity. Uh, and we've done, uh, with, with Ken's help, a fair amount of analysis about what does the Architecture Billings Index tell us about um, future construction trends. And what we've discovered is that there's a very high correlation between uh, design activity now and construction activity nine to 12 months down the road. So it does give us a window as to what's likely to be going on in construction activity for uh, for, for next year or a good part of next year. And, and we've seen a surprising slowdown in our billings index for uh, 2019. Uh, you know, some months down, some months up. Uh, on average, 2019 has uh, shown pretty much flat levels of, uh, um, of, of design activity, kind of an average score of 50 across the year. So that suggests that we're probably not going to see an awful lot of growth in building activity in, in, in 2020. Uh, you know, certainly, um, you know, doesn't suggest a, a, a fall off, doesn't suggest a, uh, a, a slowdown of any significant nature, but, but it does suggest slow growth. And I think we'll see as we talk through the sectors that some of the, some of the pieces of the non-residential building outlook uh, appear to be a little bit different than other, other sectors appear to be. Well, Ken, do you want to talk about some other sectors or categories? Uh, what do you think is going to do particularly well, or do you think there's any segments that are potentially a risk of lagging next year? Sure. Uh, first, let me say, I, I agree with Kermit that construction uh, was kind of slow compared to other sectors to begin recovery. Uh, we look at construction employment nationally and also by state and metro area every month, and uh, the low point in construction employment came a year after it did for the rest of the economy. Even though in the last few years, the construction industry has been adding workers at a greater rate than the overall economy, it has slowed down somewhat. And when you look at the construction employment divided between residential and non-residential, the non-residential portions are at uh, uh, new peak levels uh, most months. Uh, residential is still below peak whereas the overall economy has been setting records for employment for four or five years in a row now. Uh, there, there are certainly major differences within construction, and uh, the biggest laggard has been single-family home building. I think that's on the cusp of changing, though. Uh, the big drop in interest rates that we saw earlier this year meant that single-family homes have become affordable for more people, and also that people who already had a house and felt uh, like they wanted to move, but they'd be giving up a low interest rate mortgage. Now they're able to get one at a comparable or even lower rate. So I think we're going to see a lot of people changing places in the next year. And that's an opportunity, not just for single family home building, but some of those people and particularly seniors who may want to uh, stop having to take care of lawn and yard and house maintenance that they'll be moving into uh, condos and apartment buildings. So I think both single and multifamily are going to be some of the strongest segments. I also see the possibility that we'll get more pipeline construction, uh, some offshore wind uh, construction projects, and uh, onshore uh, wind and solar should still be strong categories. Uh, data centers have been a very strong category for quite a few years, and I think there'll still be a lot of activity there. Uh, the warehouse market uh, has been growing dramatically for many years as uh, consumers shift from buying in physical stores to online. 
And I think we'll still see activity in warehouse, but it's going to be much more focused on that so-called last mile where people uh, can order something from their home or office and get it the same day, either delivered or go pick it up. And uh, that requires uh, the distributors to have facilities inside metro areas, typically smaller than the big uh, mega warehouses that they've been building out in uh, outer suburbs. Uh, I think the areas that may lag on the private side, we've seen uh, a uh, slowdown or a very weak market generally in uh, medical facilities construction, specifically the hospital sector has been consolidating and instead more care is being delivered through uh, standalone urgent care centers and uh, outpatient surgical facilities, uh, rehab and hospices. And I think that trend is likely to stay in place. So I'm not optimistic that we'll see much growth in hospital or medical center construction. Um, and then on the public side, there was a big spurt early in 2019 in highway construction, and some of the other infrastructure markets have also improved. I think partly that's making up uh, for flood damage that occurred, uh, hurricane damage, and some other natural disasters. Um, I think we will still see growth in uh, the infrastructure markets, but uh, without a federal boost to uh, money for infrastructure, it's going to vary a lot according to how much a state is raising and putting into its own infrastructure projects. Finally, on public building, that's also been a strong market so far this year. I think it will still be positive next year, but probably not very strongly. For future business planning, you had shared research results. Contractors are continuing to, to hire and their plans are to expand their workforce. And for many years now, AGC has been hearing the challenges of finding skilled workers. Do you feel that that is, is going to continue to remain? I do think that's going to be the number one challenge for contractors in the year ahead, particularly because the overall unemployment rate is now so low that Nearly every industry is competing for workers, and it's coming at a time when the workforce itself is growing more slowly. Not only has uh, natural uh, population increase, that is birth rate, uh, net of uh, death rate uh, declined in this country, uh, but uh, we're seeing less immigration and uh, more people uh, either uh, staying away from trying to come to the U.S. or even leaving uh, after having been here but not having citizenship status. And construction historically has been a big user of foreign-born workers. So uh, construction will continue to have an even greater challenge than other industries in finding workers. Permit, is, is the struggle with finding qualified workers, is that affecting architects as well? Yeah, there are about 120,000 registered architects in the country, um, architecture, uh, programs are you know, accredited architecture programs are uh, turning out about 6,500 graduates a year. So um, there, there is a, a fairly steady supply in, of, 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 of new workers. You know, probably oh, 60, 70 percent of, of graduates of architectural programs are looking for, ultimately looking for private practice, uh, private uh, architectural practice as a career path to pursue. So. Um, 
they, they do have this steady stream of dedicated workers coming in. The, the problem is it's, it's very, very difficult to affect that stream at all, that if you suddenly, like we have in recent years, need more than that to accommodate growth in the profession or to uh, balance out retirements that we're seeing uh, from the profession, it's, it's just almost impossible to, to attract uh, uh, new workers into it. So we're at the stage now where we have seen very, very heavy growth in, uh, um, you know, in, in architecture firms hiring and, and design employment overall and, and, and kind of saturated. So uh, architecture firms are finding it difficult. They, they look, they're looking for technologies and ways to make their staff more productive. Um, some of them are hiring uh, staff that, that don't have professional uh, architecture degrees to kind of, you know, do some of the more routine work, some of the more uh, CAD, CAD work or BIM work uh, and, and other sorts of activities. So there have been there have been workarounds uh, in, in, in past uh, expansions. They've even uh, shipped some of the work uh, offshore. Inability to attract more architects is really uh, forcing firms to turn down projects. Herman, it's Ken. I'd like to pursue that last point you made. Um, are architects turning down work, or are they finding that owners are um, getting squeamish about going ahead with projects, given the uncertainty over the economy and the, the general slowdown in the economy? Yeah, all of, all of the above. And, and, and I think also architects are saying, to kind of get back to the construction part, is that um, that uh, sometimes they are seeing bids come in higher than they normally expect or or, or, or construction uh, duration estimates to be a little bit longer. But, but um, architecture firms in general are, are telling us that, um, you know, that they are running into some, uh, some concerns from clients in terms of, uh, you know, project activity. We, we just recently talked to architecture firms about, you know, projects that might have been canceled or projects that might have been uh, delayed or put on hold or projects that might have been designed for uh, redesigned or scaled back for, for various reasons. And it, and it turns out it's, it's becoming, uh, much more prevalent than we would expect it. You know, we, we talked to architecture firms just a month ago and over half of architecture firms in the, in the U.S. Uh, told us that they have had significant problems on projects for one of those, uh, one of those reasons. About, about 15% of firms have they've had a, a project canceled this year for, you know, uh, business, financial, economic reasons. Um, about four in 10 have said that they've had projects uh, significantly delayed or put on hold. And about three in 10, some of these are in multiple categories, obviously, three in 10 have said that they've had projects that were scaled back. And, and there's a variety of reasons uh, for this. I think nervous, nervousness over the economy uh, was very high on the list that, you know, that when we asked what was going on, almost half of them said that you know, client concern about future economic growth was was a reason. But But the absolute uh, most common reason, uh, 75% of the time, a factor was uh, a construction costs um, that were above what they uh, estimated they would be, uh, estimated what, they, you know, what the client thought uh, they would come in at. And that, that could be, you know, materials costs, it could be labor, it could be, uh, you know, land costs, it could be uh, in any of the, you know, in any of the number of reasons. But I think we are getting to the point where um, be, being, you know, supply limitations here, labor material limitations are causing uh, some clients to rethink uh, whether they want to do that project or not. 
Herman, I'm glad you brought up the issue of materials costs because that's something that I wanted to segue into. Ken, I know you follow this really closely. What's what's happened to those costs lately and what do you expect in the months ahead? I look every month at uh, producer price indexes that the Bureau of Labor Statistics posts and I write about this in the Data Digest, which is my weekly one-page summary of economic news relevant construction. Uh, it's available as an opt-in for free for uh, all AGC members. Um, but uh, what we've seen in the last few months is that uh, the materials costs themselves have really flattened out or in many cases declined from a year ago. Two years ago, we were just seeing these tariffs hit at a very high rate, particularly for steel and aluminum. Uh, there was the breakup of a long-standing Canadian lumber agreement that drove up lumber prices just at a time when housing was also beginning to pick up and add to demand for lumber. Well, since then, we saw a slump in home building and uh, lumber prices fell. And then uh, the president uh, reversed himself on the tariffs on Canadian and Mexican steel. Those are more important uh, suppliers to the U.S. for steel than China. And so uh, steel and aluminum prices have actually fallen, partly because of the end of some of the tariffs, but also because of the slowdown in the U.S. and global economy. So right now, I think owners are in a sweet spot in terms of uh, the pricing on steel uh, and also on some other materials. Having said that, though, when those tariffs and other cost increases first hit contractors, many of them were taken by surprise. They'd already provided firm uh, project uh, contracts, and uh, they had yet to buy the materials. So I think their margins were probably squeezed a lot. Now, with the uh, very tight marketplace, uh, contractors say, we've got all the work we can handle. We're only going to bid on projects where we think we can get a good return. So there is a producer price index that tracks uh, what contractors say they would charge to put up new non-residential buildings. It's not a comprehensive price index. It's not exactly the same as going back to the same lumber dealer or gas station and say, what did you charge for this grade last month? What do you charge now? But it's pretty close. Uh, so I call it a bid price index. And that's been rising at more than a five and a half percent year over year rate for several months. So owners probably are seeing a big price increase relative to what they're seeing on other things that they may be buying. But I, I know memories are short and they may not remember that they were getting a good deal from contractors who had locked themselves in before. I will also mention that on the AGC survey that I talked about earlier, uh, we asked contractors, what are you doing uh, to make up for these higher costs of labor that you've experienced? And about uh, just under half the firms said that uh, because of the labor market tightness, either an inability to fill positions or having to use uh, their experienced workers to train the newbies they were hiring, uh, that projects were taking longer than expected and costs were higher than expected. And going forward, they are putting higher costs and longer completion times. Again, about half the contractors said that was the case. Uh, so I, I think that uh, going forward for now, Owners may still see a break on materials costs, although we know those can be volatile and they could jump back up. And they're also uh, experiencing 
sort of catch-up charges by contractors that may continue. So I'm not surprised by Kermit's findings on architects saying those rising costs are affecting owners' decisions. Kermit, do you have anything you want to add to that? I think that covers it uh, really quite well. We are seeing some, you know, some pushback, and, and architects are reporting, you know, as I said, not only not only problems in their own uh, situation in getting projects done, but projects, uh, but difficulties in getting as uh, many contractor did. Are there other things that you think contractors and design professionals should be thinking about? Things they should be worried about, or or things they should be hopeful about when they're when they're looking ahead in 2020. Well, I'm certainly keeping an eye on uh, the tariff and trade policy situation. Uh, even though right now contractors uh, are no longer being affected by new tariffs hitting the things they buy, tariffs are still affecting demand for projects, and uh, that's uh, both because. Uh, some producers in the U.S. find their costs are not competitive with foreign producers who aren't subject to tariff, but also because of retaliatory actions. I think the best known example is that uh, China basically cut off the market for U.S. soybeans uh, in retaliation for tariffs that we put on China. And that affected not just soybean producers, but uh, processors, storage, and transportation companies and ports. And... Uh, many other products. I think uh, there have been projects that contractors may not have known would uh, take place, but uh, nevertheless, they've been canceled even before they got to the bid stage. And so uh, there is always the possibility that we'll see further damage to the economy of that type. On the optimistic side, uh, maybe we will get some trade agreements that will uh, improve the situation in terms of opening up markets again. Let me add to, to, to Ken's list a little bit too. I mean, I, th I think we are at a, at a point where uh, there there is some potential for uh, an upside, um, but there's also a lot of potential for things to get worse. Ken mentioned an important one early on in terms of the upside, the, the lower the lower interest rates. Um, it's surprising to see long-term rates go down this sharply at this stage in the cycle. Um, that is uh, certainly, as Ken mentioned, uh, helping the, the the housing outlook and, and and housing is an important leading indicator for construction. It's not only a big piece of construction, but where you build homes, you also need stores, you need schools, you need hospitals, you need offices, and things like that. You know, I, I think it's entirely likely, even even if we don't see the optimistic scenario of a of a growth in in, in home building activity over the next year or two. The fact that it should be at worst kind of flat, I think, is is an encouraging sign. In, in prior recessions, uh, home building activity goes down, you know, kind of a minimum of 10% or so. It's very cyclical. Uh, during the last recession, home building activity went down 75%. And that certainly uh, really uh, ripples through the entire construction sector. So if we can if we can see even flat levels of home building, you know, I, I think that's that's very encouraging. You know, on the concern side, uh, to add on to um, the things that Ken mentioned, uh, you know, money has been very, very cheap recently, and so um, we've built up a lot of debt in our economy. Uh, corporate debt is at record levels. Uh, government uh, budget deficits are running a uh, trillion dollars a year, and will continue to run it at that pace. So the overall U.S. debt is is really at uh, at record levels. Um, Business confidence scores are at recessionary levels. I think there's just a lot of concern on the business side. 
less so on the consumer side. So that's that's encouraging. Um, the, the housing affordability problem, I, you have talked about, you know, potentially seeing some more construction, which which would hopefully uh, uh, help to ease the housing affordability problem. But that ties into labor availability and attracting new workers and attracting new populations, and that's become a uh, uh, a, a, a huge problem uh, in, in many markets across the country. Kermit, you mentioned different uh, regions, and let me put in a plug for another product that we have at AGC. We rank all states by change in construction employment uh, every month when the Bureau of Labor Statistics puts out those uh, state employment figures. And then a week or so later, we have rankings of 358 metro areas by change in construction employment. So you can see our press releases directly on our website, those link to the tables that show that. And I also discuss it in the Data Digest. You really have both shared an incredible amount of very useful information. Do you have any closing thoughts or comments or anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to share? Very, very quick on uh, just talk about some, some regional trends that Ken kind of touched on. I think we are going to see this uh, business uh, outlook uh, vary by different parts of the country. I think what's getting... Uh, the region that's getting hurt the most now is probably the Midwest with the uh, uh, with their manufacturing base and, and uh, agricultural base that's getting hurt by some of the trades and tariffs. And probably the strongest region right now is uh, is the South. So I think you know different parts of the country are going to feel the uh, impacts that Ken and I have been talking about. I'd just add that uh, the economy is always in, in flux, and uh, the data that we follow uh, is subject to frequent revision. So I would encourage people to uh, keep an eye on both general economic data and the kinds of things that Kermit puts out uh, at AIA.org and also uh, AGC.org has a lot of resources that people can turn to to see what the latest information is on the construction side of the economy. And in the podcast notes for today's show, we're going to include the web links that, that you can check out for some additional resources and information uh, that both Kermit and Ken publish. So I want to thank you both for your information and insight that you shared with us today. Well, no one can say for sure where the U.S. economy is headed. I think the the resources that you're sharing and producing and, and the commentary that you gave today is definitely going to help our listeners and construction firms in, in setting their business goals and strategies for the coming year. So thank you. Thank you all for listening. This has been AGC's Constructor Cast. You can search for the Constructor Cast in your podcast app or stream and download all available episodes right from your computer. Visit us online at www.agc.org/constructorcast.